What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Triumph Fit Podcast, a podcast where I dive into individual stories to unravel how they have engaged with physical and mental fitness over the years. My job in this podcast isn't to be prescriptive. All I'm trying to do is share some ideas so that you may benefit from the knowledge being discussed. Um, That being said, let's get right into it. Today, I have one of my friends, one of my closest friends. We went to middle school together and we're going to be talking about his experience, um, you know, growing up, uh, doing cross country, hiking, and all of that. Um, so Anish, Anish Aramala, it's uh, a blessing that you're here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? About yourself, my bad. Hey everyone, my name is Anish, as Neil mentioned. Um, born and raised in Austin, Texas. I got to know Neil actually when um, we went to schooling in India. So I did my fifth and sixth grade actually um, in Hyderabad uh, with Neil. Uh, Parents decided to move back to India and then after two years decided it would be best to move back to the States uh, just for, you know, college. Um, And so, you know, came back to Austin actually after my sixth grade was over and um, did high school in Austin and, you know, really enjoyed the city. So decided to stay in Austin for college. So went to UT, um, focused on finance, did a bachelor's of business administration in finance um, at McCombs. And I would say that, you know, I made a lot of great friends in college and stayed in touch with some of my closest friends. Uh, one of them especially being Neil, uh, and I learned a lot about myself, traveled a lot, which became a personal passion of mine, uh, but yeah, that's that's my story so far. Great story, man, great journey, um, and uh, yeah, good to know that you're doing well. Um, it's always great. All right, so let's talk a little bit about, I know that you were doing cross country in high school. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say that my my passion for running didn't start out as a passion. It was kind of like a, a forced thing in the sense that um, I started cross country initially in, in middle school in in, uh, in seventh grade. Uh, my, my parents forced me to do it as a way to get myself to start exercising. I was previously doing swimming, but stopped that. Um, and so uh, they saw this as another alternative you know, to get some great exercise in every day. Wasn't a big fan of it um, in the beginning. It was very much a struggle. Uh, It was always falling behind, and, uh, you know, my stamina and endurance were definitely at all-time lows. Um, And it was, it's a lot different compared to swimming and a lot in a similar ways uh, between the two sports. But uh, eventually throughout high school uh, continued on because, you know, not because I was forced to, but actually because I enjoyed it. Um, it was, I didn't realize it maybe until, you know, senior year or junior, but it was definitely a great way to uh, kind of get some of the mental stress that you experience as a high school student when you're taking all of those, you know, advanced placement classes and, and you're doing those college apps and you're on that grind constantly. And so, uh, 
Uh, I definitely formed a camaraderie when I was, you know, in cross country in high school, got, got close uh, with a lot of friends, a, a lot of teammates, which I still to date love the most about cross country. Um, and, you know, even though I didn't pursue cross country in college, I still uh, was part of running clubs and I personally ran uh, continuously um, throughout college, you know, from freshman year up until senior year. And even up until now, I, I still run because it, it really does help with my mental health. Yeah, and uh, actually running, really interesting. It's been, there are multiple scientific studies out there that have displayed the relationship between running and the fact that it produces endorphins in our body. Endorphins are these happy hormones, so they basically allow you to feel steady throughout the day, like mentally steady, mentally alert, and mentally just uh, happy overall throughout your days. Um, and so definitely, we definitely recommend running for that reason. But obviously there are like many other associated benefits. Um, you know, it's good for immunity, anti-inflammatory, all of those things. I'm gonna put um, links to certain scientific studies in the description below. So definitely check those out after this podcast. But Anisha, I kind of wanted to talk about technique behind running, like breathing technique and also just like movement technique. Is, is there a specific technique? That's a really good question, Neil. I mean, in terms of technique, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it. It's tough for me to kind of put it into words, but as best as I can say it, it's like being as calm as possible. Um, and it depends, like with, with cross country, I mean, for, for cross country, it's like endurance and stamina is more important. So you, you want to keep a steady pace. Um, you know, when you're doing tempo runs, and, and tempo runs are usually like shorter distance runs, and, and you're trying to increase your pace throughout each mile. With, with cross country most of the times, I mean, you're doing longer distance runs, and you generally want to keep your pace at the same level. You want to feel comfortable throughout the entire run. So your breathing shouldn't be erratic. It should remain the same. Um, same with uh, your your heartbeat, um, and that I think really takes time and practice. I mean, in the beginning, it's a struggle. I mean, you're, for me, it definitely was. I mean, it took me like I would say, you know, three re- three years, two to three years to get really comfortable doing a long run. Um, and even when you know you take just like a one month break and you don't run in that one month. It takes probably another one to two months to get back up to speed to like to where you were before. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say about technique in terms of breathing is like you want to keep a steady pace. Uh, you want your breathing to remain the same throughout the entire run. You want to feel comfortable. Um, that that's my opinion. For sure. Um, that makes sense. Maintaining a steady pace, maintaining a rhythm. Um, but what about uh, sort of the per- coming from the perspective of you know nasal breathing versus mouth breathing? Have you heard anything along those lines? I think f- from what I read, I think nasal breathing is better than mouth breathing. Uh, I don't know why, but I haven't looked into to much 
about that. Maybe if you could share some of your thoughts um, as to the science behind that. But from what I remember in like reading and from others, and what my coaches have told me, like nasal breathing is is better. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, um, it's a pretty complicated topic. Uh, but there is this one book, um, shout out to James Nestor. He wrote this one book called um, Breath. The name of the book is Breath. And they talk about different types of breathing techniques that can enhance productivity, that can enhance um, just your lifestyle in general. And nasal breathing just seems to be superior for a lot of different things. Not quite sure if it's superior for running. Uh, for running, I've heard that like mouth breathing is common, um, nasal breathing is also common, and then apparently breathing in through your nose, exhaling out through your mouth is also another common approach, especially not just running, but that's also a common approach when it comes to working out. I, I know that working out at the gym, like breathing in through your nose, exhaling through your mouth is uh, a common approach. And so there's multiple approaches out there, but all in all, like through that book, uh, through James Nestor's book, I heard what I've heard is that nasal breathing seems to be superior. Um, so there's that, but I would highly recommend everybody else to do their own research and and expand their knowledge around that topic because I think breathing has got to play a key role when it comes to running because like if you want to maintain a steady pace for 10 kilometers or half a marathon or whatever it is, you got to know how to breathe. You got to know how to breathe. Um, and in addition to that, like I just wanted to add uh, with regards to like proper running technique, what I've heard is that posture really matters, right? Like you want to be engaging your core. Um, you want your chest to be sort of broad out and upward. Um, your shoulders down and back. Um, and also something interesting that I didn't know before, but apparently like you're supposed to hit the ground using a midfoot strike and and you're not supposed to be hitting the ground with your heel like you're not supposed to touch like you're supposed to avoid hitting the ground with your heel and i didn't know that i was quite shocked because throughout my life i've been running throughout my life like when i when i when i've gone on runs like it has involved my heel so that was pretty interesting what do you think about that yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said, um, especially with the last point. But with like the first one, like your posture, you know, you want to be straight <clears throat> and, you know, shoulders down, um, chest upwards. Um, and this all takes like a good amount of awareness because when you're running, um, it's so easy to like forget about all that stuff. And then, you're, you know, you're, you're starting to like bend, bend down and like, you know, your posture becomes worse over time, you're tired, um, and your running is like all over the place, or you like, your running technique is all over the place, your your heels are, your heels are hitting the ground constantly, so that prevents you, that actually I think it is not good to your feet, from what I remember, uh, as to what my coaches told me, and from what I read online, so that, I think that's like why people tell you this to like why you should, you know, use a midfoot strike or uh, your the back of your foot should hit the ground first um, instead of your heel. Um, and uh, yeah, that, 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 those are my thoughts. I mean, like I completely agree with 
with everything you say. And I, 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 this takes a, a lot of awareness. At first, like, I didn't care about any of this stuff. And honestly, like, that was detrimental. That probably slowed my progression in terms of my endurance and stamina. Uh, and, you know, if someone is interested in getting into running, definitely put a lot of focus on that first. Because at first, it doesn't seem important. And you just think, like, oh, man, like, okay, I just need to do five miles. I need to do six miles. Like, distance isn't everything. It's, like, you know, the quality of that run, you know, your posture, uh, are your like what part of your foot is hitting the ground? All of those matter drastically. Um, yeah, uh, and just to build off of that, I believe, I believe that basically, like a heel strike can cause you to slow down, and it can also stress your knees, which can result in various types of injuries. So you definitely want to be avoiding that. Um, but like you said, like that takes a lot of awareness. Um, but it's good to know. It's still good to know. All right. So moving on, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about like running in the morning versus running in the afternoon versus in the evening. What worked for you and what works for you to this day? Yeah, I mean, I would like to say that I'm a morning person, but I, I try really hard. I mean, I wake up, I used to wake up really early in high school, like sometimes like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. to finish homework and stuff. And even throughout college, I would do that. Um, and I, I, even though I did that and sometimes, like even now, like I still wake up fairly early, like 5.36, I, I would still prefer uh, doing evening runs. Um, this is debatable uh, because... I, it takes like a, again this goes back to awareness and having willpower but like you know after classes or coming back from work it's like you know you become really tired or you're just really lazy so you have to have a lot more willpower to get yourself out and do a run um, but the, the same honestly goes for getting up earlier in the morning and uh, you know when it's when you're tired as heck and you just want to go back into bed and sleep. So, I mean, I guess looking at it both, I mean, it both require a good amount of mental strength to get yourself out and just go for a run. So, um, I wouldn't, you know, prefer either or, I mean, just go for a run really. Right. Right. Okay. No, I, I get that. Um, but I would just like to add to what you're saying. Um, Apparently, again, there's a lot of research behind this, uh, and appa apparently when you, so you wake up in the morning, right, and you walk outside, you're exposing yourself to early morning sunlight, apparently that's extremely beneficial for your physical health, because what it does is it releases cortisol, right, it, it, there's a, it's a cortisol spike, and um, it releases like all of these stress hormones which kind of get you going. It, it kind of gets you ready for the day. Um, so in general, that has been shown to have positive effects. Shout out to Dr. Andrew Huberman. Um, I'm getting most of my knowledge around this from him. He is a neurobiology professor at Stanford and uh, he, ha he actually has a podcast where he talks about all of this, the Huberman Lab podcast. Um, but essentially, yeah, exposing yourself to sunlight early in the morning, beneficial, 
moving, moving around outside is also beneficial, right? If you're getting your body moving again, you're releasing those stress hormones um, and all of that. So what I'm trying to say is if you're running, which involves movement, and you're running outside in the early morning, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're exposing yourself to light, blue light, which is good, and you're moving. And so you're getting yourself ready for the day and it's all good after that. Uh, the finally, the final advantage, uh, the final advantage that sort of stems from all of this is also the fact that um, sleep studies, sleep studies have shown that when you expose yourself to light early in, in the morning, it advances your circadian rhythm, which means that you get tired earlier and it's easier to fall asleep. Like it, it you're going to get tired earlier basically. And, um, I know in the world we live in, a lot of us young adults and older adults, uh, we work nine to fives and we are required to get up early. Getting exposure to sunlight is definitely uh, needed for the for the human body. I mean, it's vitamin D. Um, but yeah, that, that that's a good point. I never thought about it that way, but from what you've said now, and I, the only reservation I had like to saying like in my first response, like running in the morning is better is because usually when I used to run in the morning, I would feel really tired throughout the day. And I, I, I thought personally, like it affects my concentration in classes or like, you know, in work, whatever setting. Um, so I, I'm not sure what thoughts you have as to that, like whether that reduces your like mental willpower or not not mental but just your your physical willpower um you know because you have to attend class and you're, you're tired um and so your attention span goes down and so i'm not sure if there's a correlation between that but for me personally i i saw that in high school um i've been there too i've been there um like sometimes when I go to the gym in the morning or go for a run in the morning, I I do generally feel pretty tired during the day. Um, that that is a side effect that should not be ignored, but it might vary from person to person. To be honest, for some people, they might ex not experience the same type of tiredness throughout the day. If some people will experience said tiredness, um, but um really just depends from person to person. Another thing is like some people will experience, I know I experienced this, like if I go for a run like at 7 p.m. in the evening, I'm not gonna sleep till like 1 a.m. because I'm just, there's literally adrenaline coursing through my veins and my blood pressure is up, my heart rate is up. Like I'm alive at that point. I don't wanna sleep, I'm not, I'm not trying to sleep at that point, you know? So there's that too, but I think what both Anisha and I are trying to say is that running at any time is better than not running at all. Uh, I, I think that's kind of the conclusion. Like there are certain benefits to running in the evening, running in the morning and all of that, but running at any time better than running at all, um, for sure. All right, so let's talk a little bit about other techniques that you might use to enhance your fitness in the running realm. Anish, um, was there like a particular diet that you had to follow or like some other like stretching 
type techniques to be able to enhance your time during cross country? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I mean, I'm going to have to give a long-winded answer, but I guess starting with it, I was really stupid in the beginning because this hurt my physical health um, in the sense that although I did run a lot, you know, throughout high school and I still run up until, yeah, I would say throughout high school and then most of college, I didn't pay much attention to my diet. Um, And so like, even though I was exercising, you know, I was eating fairly unhealthy overall. Um, And that was one area where I guess my awareness didn't really kick in. And, you know, through family genetics, I've had like high cholesterol since a ch- ever since I was a child. And so I, it should have hit me that like, you know, exercising and then maintaining a healthy diet will help me control that and like help me live like a happy life that will hopefully last quite a while. Um, and so that eventually kicked in i would say on like approximately like the junior year i don't know why to be frank um it just suddenly i realized like crap like i need to get my diet into into order here um and you're the you're the medical expert compared to me neil but you know cholesterol i think is mostly uh affected by or like by fatty foods um and then also like sugar and so i would say my i I have a sweet tooth and that's been my problem for a very long time um and i've been for the past few months trying to control that um it's uh requires a lot of mental willpower i'll say that uh but it, it for me personally i would say like diet has been harder to control than uh than exercising and for some people i think it's it's different. I mean, it's like eating healthy can be easy, but exercising is hard. Um, so I'm trying to work on that. I would say, you know, funny enough, I met a guy, um, a German dude when I was hiking in the Patagonia mountains in Chile. And he was like, he was talking about his diet and he was like, I'm a, I'm a flexitarian in the sense that like, this is what he was saying. It's like, I, I was kind of fascinated by what he meant, but as a flexitarian, he was like, you know, I prefer, like, I tend to avoid meats, but I'm not fully vegan because I have like eggs and stuff. And so I kind of took his advice and I was like, okay, I mean, it's avoiding meats is probably a good thing. I mean, I, you can get enough protein through, uh, you know, plant-based foods, um, and red meat also is not particularly good for your health. You know, lamb has a good amount of fat fat in it. Uh, and so, you know, chicken is, is not b- that bad. But I decided, okay, let's just try to slowly cut meat out of my diet. And I've been working on that. I would say I hadn't fully cut out meat, uh, but I'm, I'm almost there. I got you. Yeah, I definitely know that Anish has a sweet tooth because for folks who don't know, this man used to come to my house and he would uh, just steal all my all his candies. Uh, we had these things called choco pies and he would just like devour them. Uh, so definitely has a sweet tooth, but probably not so great for your health. Um, generally added sugar, saturated fats, um, you might want to stay away from those. Going back to the cholesterol discussion, I know that um, 
certain types of fats, such as saturated fats, can raise bad cholesterol. I guess at this point, it's probably a good idea to differentiate between the two different types of cholesterol. So bad cholesterol is LDL, and that clogs up your arteries, leading to coronary artery disease and basically heart-related problems. Um, and then there's good cholesterol, which is known as HDL. That's actually known to clean up your arteries, so um, that's good. But saturated fats in general raise LDL, so avoid those. All right, so also I think it's quite interesting. You're, you're talking about hiking and meeting different people while you're hiking and learning about different perspectives. Can you talk about your journey as a hiker? Definitely. Um, I think uh, my interest in hiking is like very much tangential to running and cross country. Um, it's sort of sprouted more so, you know, throughout uh, college. Um, I was just like during COVID, um, ended up visiting like a lot of state parks um, just because like you know you can't really go anywhere and so I just thought okay well it's you know when you're one with nature I mean you're isolated so you're mostly safe and and so um, that's where my interest in hiking also started to peak and um, you know went to Yosemite uh, my junior year during spring break um, that was amazing and from there I was like, man, like, you know, not just hiking, but really just being around nature mm-hmm. is really what I felt like, like at peace and really calm and sort of in like a, like a blissful state. Um, those are funny words to use, but it's, it's hard to describe. Um, and so that's when I really started to just, you know, find a passion for traveling and also in specifically in traveling, like doing hiking trips and, you know, visiting countries and, going on like nature tours hiking tours um and i think that's very much like this is undisputed for me personally like helped with my mental health and you know trying to remain calm in in various situations uh especially when i've gotten back from traveling whether it's in school now now currently in work uh you know dealing with people um but yeah, I mean, it's drastically helped me overall in most aspects of my life. Um, yeah, that's uh, that sounds about right. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that blissful state that you experience when you're hiking? Because this podcast is also about mental health. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, what it means to be in bliss is like, you're just really happy. And I personally feel that when I'm like in nature. Um, I felt that a lot when I was like, you know, hiking for a few days in, in, in Patagonia. Um, that was, you know, untouched nature, um, purely pristine, truly beautiful. Um, and, and, uh, met a lot of great people. I think for me personally, what kind of frustrated me the most was like, you know, there were other Americans also that I met along the, uh, the trip and, uh, you know, along the, the tour and, a lot of them were just very much like objective focused in the sense that like you know how fast can we get from point A to point B today um you know how quick quick can we finish the this part of the tour 
uh, how quick can we get to the next camp or the next lodge? Um, and it, it was just like in my mind, it confused me because personally, like, you know, you're, you're coming here, you're paying a lot of money to come down all the way to close to, you know, Antarctica. And you're not really enjoying the moment if you're always in that objective focused moment. And I'm not sure if that's, this is again, somewhat tangential from our topic of mental health, but this kind of goes into like, you know, uh, like how American society is and the mindset of, you know, American living. But for me, it's just like being able to enjoy the moment, living in the present, forgetting about, you know, the future, what you have to do in the future, you know, the past, truly being in the moment, I think is, is also like brings a certain amount of joy. And, and I think that also helps you realize how grateful you are and uh, how grateful you know you, you should be, and so um, those are some aspects that I felt from doing my most recent hiking trips, and I've been trying to like maintain those things that I've learned even now back in like my mundane life. So yeah, it's a very much a long-winded answer. So sorry about that, Neil. No, I appreciate the answer, man. Um, but it is quite related. I think it is quite related to mental health. I actually spoke about this topic with uh, my cousin Dvij. This is the first episode. If you haven't checked that out yet, do check that out. Dvij is a great guest, and he we talked about that. And um, you know, like mindfulness is tough. Achieving mindfulness, achieving the ability to just embrace the moment, live in the moment, it is tough. Ideally, we we want to be able to do that like every day on a daily basis, like in the car at work, at the grocery store, uh, when you're cooking, when you're taking a shower, like you want to be able to do that. It is hard because like most of life is pretty repetitive and like there's just different types of stressors. Um, but like you want to be able to achieve that. And I think sort of going back to hiking and nature, I would say, I would say that nature is a good training ground for mindfulness because it's so easy I mean, it's easier to achieve mindfulness when you're in nature because, like, you're away from distractions. You can put, you can turn your phone off. Like, you're in, you're in the mountains somewhere, man. Like, no one's, no one's trying to hit you up. Like, you're, you're all alone with the trees, with animals, with the weather, and you're just breathing in and out and and trying to get into that flow state. And so, I would say it's a good training ground um, for achieving that mindfulness. All right, Anish. Um, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much. Any last words? Um, no, I just wanted to say thanks so much, Neil, for letting me speak on the podcast and you know what you just said about mindfulness and, and nature. I mean, completely right. Couldn't agree with you anymore. Um, it, you you want to be able to to experience mindfulness in every every moment of your everyday life, but it is very hard. Um, but you know, you're completely hundred percent correct about how nature is definitely a perfect training ground for experiencing mindfulness and trying to experience that every single moment. And so, yeah, the, to sum it all up, thanks so much, Neil. Um, you know, we talked about running, mental health, mindfulness, nature, hiking, all, all great topics that I love to speak about. So, uh, Thanks again for letting me share my my experiences with your uh, 
you know, with your listeners. Thank you, Anish. Um, likewise, likewise. That's it for today, folks. Um, don't forget to keep hustling, to stay healthy, and to stay triumphant. Signing off for now.